Good leaders anticipate, poor leaders react. Great leaders orchestrate change to generate extraordinary momentum and to never stall. Says Lori Michelle Levitt, our guest today. We're going to find out how and when you should pivot in order to have a breakthrough with your business and find out what it takes to build and keep a strong and healthy business. This is P is for Profit. You're listening to the P is for Profit podcast with Adam Lean, where it's not about how much you make. It's about how much you keep and how much freedom you enjoy. Welcome to P is for Profit. My name is Adam Lean, and I, along with the rest of the team here at the CFO Project, are passionate about helping business owners improve the profitability of their business. My guest today is a growth and leadership coach who helps businesses get and stay strong. Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Adam. Yeah, so I'm excited to jump in and find out what you do and how you help businesses. Uh, But before we dive in, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and and why you started working with business owners. Okay, Um, and and, and why I have a business. So I think being a business owner is a a wonderful thing for the right right person. And (laughs) I got started in business after spending about 17 years in corporations, um, some, some very, very big, others not as big, maybe from 250 million to multiple billions. And I didn't actually, you know, entrepreneurship wasn't on my mind. And yet, if I look back, I realized that the roles that I had, were, which were all financial, internal management type, analysis, mm-hmm. reporting, et cetera, were all somewhat entrepreneurial. And it positioned me very well to then move out on my own, which I thought would be consulting. Isn't that the natural thing that you do when you're (laughs) an executive and you come out of corporate and you become a consultant? And yet what I found was I I could create software, still consult, but also create software that people need, want, and, and helped them through transitions in their business. And that's how I got started. So you created software that people want, and then you sold the software essentially. What what yes. was the software? What did what did you create? So my the first software was when I when I left corporate and began consulting, I knew about I, I knew kind of an early background on these new regulations coming out called HIPAA, which was privacy and security in healthcare organizations. Mm-hmm. And although um, a book might say you have to have 10,000 hours of expertise or training in something to be an expert, sometimes, like this regulation, it's new to everybody. Yet you might have the expertise in the areas that are going to help you translate that to action for those who need to move, which is what I had. And so, and I had the discipline to go through huge regulations and then parse it out and say, how does, how does the healthcare industry need to use it? And I wouldn't even have thought of creating software, but I was seeing what was happening with these healthcare organizations. I mean, this is a, a change. It's, it's not, it's, it's a culture change. There's, there's compliance of policies, but it was a culture change. And I had done a lot of mergers and acquisitions in my past, and I've gone through this, even though we never mentioned culture. It was all about, you're good at modeling, right? and you're good at negotiations, but I knew that the most successful understood people because people are the ones that have to act mm. and, and get whatever needs to be done, be done and make those good judgment calls. 
And changing, especially in a large organization, but any is not easy. And so the software would help them take ownership of the change that needed to happen. So I could create this with my expertise, yet when they used it, they were tracking their own um, progress and their own results to being compliant and during the process to become better at how they performed and how they worked together as well. So you were in big corporate America. You started, you wanted to go on your own. You started creating software and selling it. And then what led from there to what you do now? And, and what exactly do you do now? <laughs> yeah. And I, I have pivoted a lot. Some not so graceful before I really understood that orchestrating the, a pivot is what you need to do. It doesn't just happen. And sometimes things happen, right? And you have to make some change and you've not planned for it. Mm -hmm. So I, I get that. But, but we also can plan our pivots and orchestrate them over time. And those are the ones that go more smoothly. So again, my pivot was from corporate, yep, from this platform of being in relatively entrepreneurial, thinking on my feet, self-motivated positions within corporate into consulting, which led me to the stage and speaking and working with a lot of people in the industry. So understanding and seeing a problem and then designing software from that, because that just seemed the most logical thing for me as someone in a small running a small business that I could offer to this you know, these large industries, healthcare industries that we're moving toward. So I I have never stopped building or creating software. I, I almost always try to see if I can create something that that allows my guidance to go further than me, further than dollars per hour, because there's only one me. And so the software um, offers more and the software can power what I do for my clients or um, the software can be standalone. What the industry does depends on how, how much I can focus on software and how much I need to focus on something else. As when I began, software sales was a, a long sales process in enterprises where you needed to get around the boardroom table and decisions were slow, slow, slow. And the marketing dollars needed to be very big. And it's, that's, you know, when you look forward and you say, hmm, I can't sustain this, then you need some pivot. Maybe you pivot to something else and then you go back to it, if that makes sense. So you keep using the word pivoting. Let's... Mm -hmm. Tell, tell me what that means. What exactly is pivoting? So when I say the pivot, a pivot is, in any pivot is, is a shift. It's a change. When it's talked about in the startup world, it's usually a change in strategy. We went after this market. Now we're going to go after this market. When I use the word the pivot, I'm really, I'm, I'm talking about businesses that it's more than just that person. And, and it's great to use, quote, the pivot when it's just one person, but especially when it's not just you or this handful of founders, there are a lot of shifts by a lot of people that need to take place. And you've probably learned by now that commanding something, someone to do something differently than they did before doesn't work very well. It might work for a while. You might get compliance, but they're not engaged in it. It's not something that they are part of. So the pivot 
is orchestrating change over time, knowing a desired state you're going toward, assessing where you are today, and and then taking the best next steps toward that desired state with never losing that desired state from your mind. Hmm. So coming up with an end goal in mind to where you want to pivot or shift or change your strategy, and then assessing where, where you are today, and then a, coming up with a game plan for how to get there to bridge that gap. So, so how do you do that? How do you do all that? Um, well, and, and I would say, I'll just give you an idea of where some of the, the gotchas are. Okay. Oftentimes, um, there's like, let's say you, you run a business and you know your business really, really well. And so the first thing you approach are the things you're doing. I need to do this differently. I need to do that differently. Oftentimes, what I find is keeping a business from growing is not just the tactical things they're doing, but it's how they and those around them are being. And so it takes can, not can just assessing. That? Sorry, the, the being, yeah. what, what do you mean? How they're that? being, how they're, um, for example, just to even be an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you really need to be okay with risk. If yeah. you're not okay with risk, if, if you feel that making a misstep is a failure and you completely lose it, then you're not going to make it as an entrepreneur. Yeah, or you'll be stressed out the entire time. If you are a, if you start small and it's just yourself and you have no one that you're really needing to inspire to execute toward a strategy you have, then you know maybe your mindset could be very fixed or very commanding because it's just you. But you'll find once you have people with you that you're not going to get the best from them by being commanding and controlling. You're going to get the best from them if your mind shifts to being willing to grow yourself and become more of a leader and less of a, I guess, a micromanager. Mm -hmm. That's a that, that's a being shift. Does that Got make it. sense? Yes, that makes sense. And I found that in every, it doesn't matter how how big, how small, and, and most of the mergers and acquisitions or the the culture changes I worked with were were large, but it was that being aspect that was so often the gotcha. Once you've been in business a while, the people that work with you have those thoughts running through your mind. We tried that, doesn't work. We tried that before it didn't work. Yeah, but what's changed, right? The growth mindset would say, well, what's changed? What if we did it now? What would happen? And they'd be willing to be open and, and talk about it. But that we've done that before blocks you. Or we can't do that. Or we'll just get busier if we do that. Or I might look foolish if I do that and it doesn't work. All of those things will hold you back more than not having a skill mm. to to do something. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. That's a great way to put it. It's, it's your, your, how you think of things and your, 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 it's almost like you have to make a mind shift um, and that trumps tactics or skill. Yeah. So how does a company, uh, a business owner know when they should pivot or if they should pivot? couple things. One, one is that it could be that just you have to, right? Whatever you're doing isn't working. Your profits aren't there. 
it's not converting to cash flow. You're, you don't want to go to work that day. <laughs> you know, those are, those are pretty obvious. So you, so you um, sort of feel like something is missing, something's wrong. So you might see that something's wrong or your accountant okay. says, hey, you have to do something different. Right. Or yes, the other is you just might feel that something isn't right. It's just not, um, I find this in some businesses that have grown, I say grown up and they, especially when the founder is still there and they created this and it was fun and it's not fun anymore. Now yeah. what? So something's got to change, which is a pivot. So something's got to change. You, it could uh, be external. It could be the market. I pivoted from software for large enterprises to remote monitoring in third world countries for water vending machines. <laughs> so it's like oh a goodness. huge pivot, right? How on yeah. earth? I did that because of the banking, the financial crisis. And it, and it just was, and that the market that I was in, Gartner Research, large research firm, decided to pen a name to it just about when I was starting. And once, they, once Gartner penned this acronym to it, all these big players wanted in. And so my, I don't know, 500000 a year on marketing could not match the 50 million, 500 million, thousands of feet on the ground that my competitors had. And I need to find something else where there was a need for what I did to at least get me through that time. If a business owner knows that they need to make a change and they, they need to pivot, how, and, and you recommended, you said earlier that they, you know, you, you need to take a, an assessment of where you are today in order to figure out where you want to be. How do you know where you should pivot? I mean, are there some, some tactics or, or tips, you know, to, I mean, if you know something needs to change and you have an idea of, of, of how to change it, um, how do you know where you should go? And then how do you know what steps that need to happen to get from, from here to there? Right. All difficult. <laughs> One of the, I, I'm going to, I'm going to describe that with um, three characteristics I look for when I, when I'm, um, inviting leaders into one of the peer groups I run. And I okay. wish I'd had a peer group because this is where your blind spots can be uncovered by people who are as credible as you and who also care about you and yep. don't have another agenda. Completely agree. That's just Completely huge. agree. Yep. And so my, the three characteristics are courage. And part of courage isn't just, well, you know, I made this thing and that took a lot of courage. No, vulnerability is also courage. The courage to ask someone, do you see something about me that might be part of the problem? That's not easy. And it takes courage. So courage is, is one. Um, mm -hmm. Another is tenacity. Do you, I mentioned at the start of this is that you're, if you're not a risk taker, don't be an entrepreneur. Uh, if you tenacity is the you know, ability to continue to work through the times when it's really, really hard towards a worthy goal. Mm, I love you, that. You got to have that. You got to know that in fact, when you're almost done is usually the hardest part. It seems like everything in the world is going against you. Yeah. And then the last one is curiosity. So if you for some some reason have found that you've stopped asking why something is 
or why things happen to you over and over because you're the theme in all of that. If you've stopped being curious, if you've stopped growing, you've become a know-it-all, mm. then you you won't be able to pivot because change just isn't part of you. You're not in a growth mindset. So courage, tenacity, and curiosity. If you've, oh. if you've got those, then you can start reaching out, not only to assess what's happening in your business, and that could be a series of questions to people who are closer to the work, if it's just you asking yourself questions, and then also assessing where are you playing in this business? What, what effect are you having on whether it's working or not working? And what are you willing to shift? Yeah, it's almost like you have to have a certain level of self-awareness in order to be courageous and have tenacity and, and curiosity. Yes. Do you, do you find that a lot, of, like, a lot of people struggle with that? One struggle happens not necessarily personally, but it's, it's those, those who care so much about other, how others perceive them. Yeah. E- even, even leaders I've had in my peer group, um, they'll get excited about now being a more inspirational, empowering leader. And yet they've shown up a certain way for so many years that just quickly changing doesn't awfully often work. Sometimes you just have to ease into it. Yeah. They weren't aware of it until they sat and they listened to their peers speaking or someone else that they you know trust, not someone telling them what to do, but others that are working through their issues and they, they can challenges and opportunities. And they see themselves in that and, and something nudges in them. Yeah, that makes sense. So in your experience working with business owners and leaders, what separates successful business owners from those that just always seem to struggle? A lot of what I just said. Yeah. You're not going to be so successful if you are risk averse, failure averse. How can you change what you started isn't working out? and then what you just are going to bold, right? Yeah. You're not going to be successful if I, I would even say that it's hard to be successful when the purpose of your doing what you're doing is only you. Yeah. So being purposeful is that, is that pull that pulls you through that really tough time. Yeah. When, um, when I was bringing water to third world countries, my reason for doing it wasn't, I mean, I said I did it because, hey, this market wasn't going to work out, but there was a purpose behind it. I just I can't do more than one thing at once. <laughs> this was a big thing. But I wanted to bring fresh water, business opportunity, and technology transfer to third world countries. And that was my purpose. When I started peer groups here locally, which I've lived here a long time, doing, working with big companies before I did anything in my community, all of a sudden I realized I... I want to serve the business vibrancy here in this community with businesses like this. And I personally would like to grow it to other communities like mine because it's so, because it's so powerful. But that purpose of I'm here to help with business vibrancy, not, okay, I need to do something. What can I do is, is is the difference is what's going to pull you through those tough times. And and if a if a leader or business owner has purpose or they have a mission, that 
can stay constant. That doesn't have to change, but the, the, the tactics or the strategy to accomplish the mission, that is where you can pivot, right? You're absolutely right. I, I can look back and say, I've always been, even when I was in corporate, catalyzing momentum. Always. Yeah. I just hadn't placed a phrase to it. Let me ask you this. What's your number one piece of advice or best piece of advice for business owners? Oh, other than the, the things that I mentioned, um, one, and I'm, I'm sharing it because it was a gotcha for me. <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned I did a lot of mergers and acquisitions. I was in the position of um, helping with decision-making, et cetera. I, I was extremely discerning for others. What I found when I started out as an entrepreneur, and it took me years, I didn't have a peer group, I didn't have people bold people around me, helping with me with my blind spots, I realized that I was not being discerning with people that I, I felt I should give the same level of respect that I command. So, so partner level, maybe someone who I was going to be aligned with and they had just received multiple millions of investment mm -hmm. and I trusted the investor and you know, the bad part of this is like lots of money went through my fingers. Yeah. Relegating decisions to others, just, you know, someone being really confident and showing up that way. And maybe I thought that they cared about me or the business and I didn't ask the tough questions for them to prove themselves because I gave trust and respect immediately. Not saying don't do that. I'm just saying recognize that if you're, a really good person like me, you, you could find a way so that you are being discerning. Mm. Yeah. Especially with other people that you let into your circle because as a small business, especially as a smaller business, Absolutely. the people that you have around you are going to make a huge difference on whether you succeed or fail. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with you. And I love the idea of having a peer peer group or, you know, or, or at least somebody, at least one person <laughs> in your corner on your side that doesn't have an agenda other than to help you succeed. Right. And it's not just that they like you. Initially, you know, I, for one thing, I was calling my parents. Well, my parents are wired just like me. And so <laughs> we're all, I mean, great that we all want to stay on the high ground, but we really weren't thinking even together with our heads together shrewdly enough, right. discerningly enough. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, you, you, could, people. you could talk about your business problems to your friends or to your spouse or, but, and, and they're going to listen and they're going to care because they like you, but that's not necessarily what you need. You need somebody that can give you objective advice and help without having rose, your rose colored glasses. Right. Yeah. The other thing that I would say as we're talking about the pivot is to understand both sides of it. So, for example, if you're in that state where you know you need to move away from something, take the time to choose what you want to move forward toward. Know both ends. If, if you are wanting to move toward some desired state, take the time to assess where you are right now. So, Lori, this has been very fascinating, and I'm sure we could keep going, but, uh, you know, but I have one last question for you. Where can people find... Uh, find you and learn more about the pivoting. I mean, you even wrote a book on it called The Pivot. <laughs> Where could people find you and learn more about the the peer groups and, and whatever else you do? 
Uh, three places. So you can't find the peer group right now. It's a selection only, but you can reach out to to me. I have a website that's under my name, lauriemichellelevitt.com. I have a site for the book, thepivotbook.com. And soon you'll find a site for the rejuvenated performance momentum software called Aligned Momentum, and it is at alignedmomentum.com. Right now, you'll just see a a landing page because we're in stealth. Got it. Okay. Well, we'll put those three links in the show notes so that that, uh, everybody listening can find them. Lori, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom. Welcome. I enjoyed it. Of course, I would like to thank Lori for being here. And if you would like to see if Lori can help you with your business, of course, please reach out to her. I'll, we'll put the three links that she mentioned in the show notes. Until then, if you could use someone to help show you how to improve the profitability in your business, just go to the CFOproject.com and click on book a call and we'd love to talk to you. The P is for Profit podcast is sponsored by the CFO Project. We help small business owners and entrepreneurs pocket bigger profits. If you're ready to discover the five changes required to boost your profits this quarter, you'll want to attend our latest presentation, Why Your Small Business Might Not Be As Profitable As It Should Be. Register at the CFOproject.com slash video.